Welcome to Lysimithing. My name is Cynthia Burley. Today's topic is on the choleric's path to holiness. I'm going to start a series on the four temperaments. And the idea of the temperaments is something that has really fascinated me for a very long time. And I talk about it a lot because it really is a key to understanding yourself and understanding people as well. But most importantly, you have to understand yourself. St. Augustine says that you should know yourself and also know God. And if we know ourselves, we know how we are to grow in holiness. We know what kind of things are triggers for us, what kind of things make us feel angry or happy. And we're better able to live a life that is pleasing to God, understanding our temperament. So this particular series will be on how you can achieve holiness according to your temperament. So for those of you who know nothing about four temperaments, I'll be using the book, The Four Temperaments by Reverend Conrad Hawk. It's an excellent book. I recommend it. I will link to it in the show notes. I also will link to a test that you can take if you're not sure what your temperament is. There are a number of tests, but I'll just link to one of them. So According to the book, a temperament is a fundamental disposition of the soul which manifests itself whenever an impression is made upon the mind. Be that impression caused by thought, by thinking about something, or by representation through the imagination, or by external stimuli. Knowledge of the temperament of any person supplies the answer to the questions. How does this person deport himself? How does he feel moved to action whenever something impresses him strongly? For instance, how does he react when he is praised or rebuked, when he is offended, when he feels sympathy for or aversion against somebody? Or to use another example, how does he act if in a storm or in a dark forest or in a dark night, the thought of imminent danger comes to him? So this is in a nutshell what a temperament is. And so today we're going to take a look at the choleric temperament and how the choleric can move further along on his or her path to holiness. I wonder how many of you believe yourselves to be cholerics. Some people have no idea, but some people know. The choleric is your typical type A personality, very driven. The choleric has a high idea of himself. The choleric believes he can achieve anything. The choleric is quick to anger. The choleric tends to look down upon other people, uh, think they're better or more intelligent. The choleric is actually, there aren't a lot of cholerics, let's put it like that. It is a temperament that can be really good and that God can use for his glory. It's also a temperament that can be really bad. So we're going to talk about the path to holiness for the cleric. And again, we're going to use a book. 
And while I do that, you'll get a better understanding if you don't know what a cleric is of what a cleric is. But trust me, in the future, we will be talking about the four temperaments endlessly, probably to the point that you get sick of it. Okay. All right. So in the book, The Four Temperaments, there's a section for every temperament title, things to be observed by the, whatever the temperament is, in his training. So in this case, things to be observed by the cleric in his training. And that can be applied to how you raise children, but it also can be applied to if someone's a spiritual director or a friend trying to help along a cleric in the pursuit of sanctity. So the first part, it says a cleric needs high ideals and great thoughts. He must draw them from the word of God by meditation, spiritual reading, sermons, and also from the experience of his own life. St. Ignatius was considered a cleric. And St. Ignatius thought that it was sufficient to say all for the greater glory of God. What does it profit a man if he gained the whole world, but suffer the loss of his soul? Now, some people say St. Paul was a cleric. Remember, when he persecuted the Christians, he went all out, didn't he? He persecuted them. He did not get tired of the persecution. Okay. But then once he became a Christian, he went all out for the glory of God. So it must be known that the cleric has high ideals and those high ideals should not be suppressed. However, those high ideals should be steered towards doing things for the glory of God. So what's another way that a cleric can move further along on his path to holiness? Okay, number two, a cleric must learn day by day and repeatedly to implore God fervently and humbly for his assistance. And it says, as long as he has not learned to beg, he will not make big strides on the road to perfection. To him also apply the words of Christ, ask and you shall receive. The cleric will make still greater progress if he can humble himself to ask his fellow men, at least his superiors or his confessor for instructions and direction. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, cleric is one of my temperaments. Most people have two temperaments, two primary, but in reality, we all have a little bit of each. You know, for years, I've actually worked on myself in terms of highlighting and growing the positive aspects of my temperament and kind of suppressing the negative aspects. So this section that talks about asking for assistance is very important. I used to be the kind of person that didn't want to ask for anything. Even when I was dating someone, I didn't want to ask them to do, for example, help me put up the blinds or do anything to help me. I wanted to do everything on my own. So I actually had to learn to you know, ask to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. And I was always sort of like a lone ranger in terms of what I wanted to achieve. And through various careers that I had, including sales, I learned how to work with other people and depend on other people. I learned how to delegate because I didn't really want to delegate most of the time. I mean, I wanted to, I thought I could do everything myself. So I had to learn how to work in a team setting. 
And what's really important for the choleric is that you have to learn to ask God for help. You can't just assume that you can do everything on your own. One of um, the most popular quotes out there by St. Catherine of Siena is a quote that says, if you are what you shall be, you will set the whole world on fire. That quote is everywhere because it makes, it kind of puffs you up, you know? It kind of makes you feel like, man, I could achieve anything, anything on my own strength. Well, that's not what St. Catherine of Siena meant. Obviously, you have to rely on God. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So if you are choleric out there, yes, you do have the gift of having perseverance and, you know, for facing obstacles, but you have to steer that away from you, away from your ego. It's not you that's all that. God is all that, right? So we have to learn to depend on God for everything we do. So get into the habit of saying, you know, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to have a wonderful day through God. God, give me the strength to do this today. God, give me the ability. God, give me the intelligence to do this today. We have to learn how to always include God in whatever we do instead of feeling that, you know, we can achieve it on our own because really we can't. It's only through God that we're able to breathe and have our being. If God decides that, you know, you're not going to do something, you're not going to do it. So we really were powerless in the face of God. But with God, we can do a lot. So number three, the choleric must above all keep one strong resolution in his mind. I will never seek myself, but on the contrary, I will consider myself. And what I will consider myself is A, an instrument in the hands of God, which he may make use of at his pleasure. Now imagine that. It's not a wonderful way to humble yourself. We are instruments in the hand of God. If you're holding a screwdriver, does a screwdriver say, hey, I'm all that? I'm such a powerful screwdriver? No. The screwdriver is just a tool. And if you're a person who is handling a screwdriver, if you're horrible at what you do, you're going to do a horrible job. It has nothing to do with the screwdriver. You use a screwdriver and you manipulate the screwdriver to do what you want. The screwdriver is nothing. It's the same way. We are only instruments in the hands of God. We are nothing before God. God uses us for his pleasure. B, a servant of my fellow men who desires to spend himself for others. He must act according to the words of Christ. Whosoever will be first among you shall be the servant of all. That's in Matthew 20, 27. Or as St. Paul says of himself, he must become all things to all men in order to save them. A choleric has to be a servant leader. Now cholerics do tend to be in charge or they want to be in charge. And sometimes because of innate talent end up being in charge. But it's so important to be a servant leader, to know even though you're leading people, you're there to serve them. You know, you're there to lead them in a direction that will be good for them. You know, you're not just sitting, you're not sitting on a throne and, you know, giving orders to everyone. 
you're in there with them in the trenches and you're helping them. And that helps in terms of the humility of realizing that even though you are technically in charge, you're working together and you're there to make things better for them. Number four, the choleric must combat his pride and anger continually. Continually. Pride is the misfortune of the choleric. Humility, his only salvation. Therefore, he should make it a point of his particular examination of conscience for years. Now, I've said this before online. I've, I've said to people, you know, choleric really struggles with pride. And then people will answer, well, everyone struggles with pride. Well, it's true. Everyone does struggle with pride. But the choleric really struggles with pride only because of his tendency to think he can do great things, to think that he is different and unique from everyone else. Because of this, he has a particular struggle with pride. There are other temperaments that tend to be a little more humble, like phlegmatics. They tend to be a little, very humble and never want to be in the spotlight. So in that sense, they kind of struggle a little less with pride. Not that they don't struggle with pride. Everyone does. But they struggle a little less with pride. So this combat with pride is important. It's something that Caleric has to do daily. A Caleric has to crucify himself daily. And as the book says, it's a good idea every evening to do an examination of conscience and to, you know, ask, did I... What did I do today where I catered to my pride? Is there or was there an occasion where I could have been a little, bo- a little bit more humble and not catered to my pride or to my ego? And the choleric's path to holiness is humility. Humility because this is the greatest way that the choleric can deny himself through being humble. If a choleric is able to achieve that, then there's a lot of ways that God can use the choleric. And that goes on to uh, the fifth point. And I, I kind of mix them together, but it says a choleric must humili- humiliate himself voluntarily in confession before his superiors and even before others. Ask God for humiliations and accept them when inflicted magnanimously. For choleric, it is better to permit others to humiliate him than to humiliate himself. Oh my goodness, these are hard words. Aren't those hard words? Very, very hard. And it is easier to humiliate yourself because how many of us, if we're going to humiliate ourselves, we're going to choose an easy humiliation. For example, we might say, we might admit, hey, you know, I'm actually not that good at this particular thing. And you might feel a little bit humiliated. But it's not really a great humiliation. You're still going to hide that other thing that you don't want anybody to know, right? So it's easier to humiliate yourself. However, if you allow others to humiliate you, meaning someone says something to you, which is true, but humiliating, and your inclination is to clap back, as they say, (laughs) the young kids say, clap back. Um, You know, your inclination is to, you know, say something cutting and put someone in his or her place. But instead you just say, okay. Thank you for your feedback. You feel humiliated, but you don't try to remove that humiliation by puffing yourself up or by humiliating the other person, which is a tendency, then it's better for you. 
and it's better for your spiritual life and it will help you to grow holier. Now, asking God for humiliations, wow, that's hard. I don't think I've ever done that, <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest. I can't even see myself asking God for humiliation. I may say I'll accept humiliation, but to ask God for one, wow, that's tough. But if we ask God for humiliations, he knows which particular ones are good for our souls. So we basically are asking God to do God's will in our lives. And, and it's tough. No one wants to be humiliated in the choleric in particular, despises humiliations. I myself, I hate to be embarrassed. Once you embarrass me, oh, I am filled with such anger and I just want to embarrass you basically and it's something that generally you should try not to do to a cleric because they just don't respond very well however if you truly want to grow in holiness you should ask God to give you those opportunities and hopefully rise up to them we'll be right back Saint Ignatius of Loyola says, He who goes about to reform the world must begin with himself, or he loses his labor. Until we decide to reform ourselves, we cannot hope to have any influence on our families, our culture, our politics, our world. Our Lord said, learn of me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And the choleric has to develop that same meekness. So number six says, he must practice a true and trusting devotion to the humble and meek heart of Jesus. Learn of me, for I am meek and humble of heart. There were many times that Jesus could have blown everyone to smithereens and show them who he is. There were times that Jesus hid himself. Can you imagine God himself hiding himself from people where he could have easily stopped their very breath? Jesus who allowed himself to be crucified and mocked and beaten he had the power of the universe at his fingertips, and yet he was humble. The choleric must learn to practice a devotion to the humble and meek heart of Jesus. When you want to speak out and defend yourself, when you get all puffed up, when you feel humiliated, remember how meek Jesus was and do the same. That doesn't mean that you can't stand up for what you believe in. Meek doesn't mean doormat. It means there are times that you really don't need to respond. And this applies to social media too. There are times that you just respond out of anger and out of ego. I'll show you. Do you know who I am? Right? You don't need to do that. Because it really makes no difference. It's not going to save your life. Responding is not going to save your life. It's usually over something really stupid. Learn of me, for I am meek and humble of heart. So if you're choleric out there, 
meditate on these points and make sure to get the book, The Four Temperaments. You can visit the page and I'll, I'll have a link to it. Learn your temperament and learn how you can achieve holiness because the choleric is a great tool in the hands of God if properly ordered. And we must learn how to suppress those negative aspects and highlight and build up the positive aspects because God gave us our temperament. So don't ever let anyone tell you that, you know, this temperament is bad or this temperament is good. Every temperament has good and bad parts. We just have to understand them and understand ourselves for the glory of God. Have a blessed day and happy Feast of St. Dominic. Mm-hmm.